lifelong process. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy, and you guessed it. If it's Tuesday, this must be the fix. I'm excited to be with you today. I am actually in Las Vegas, and I have an incredible guest I want to introduce you to, and you can learn a little bit from on this thing called recovery. Uh, a couple bits of business to uh, take care of with you. Um, Thursday, the checkup is going to move to Friday. There's going to be a couple things that we are going to want to do midweek in 2020. And so I need to move that out. So this week, do not look for the checkup to be on Thursday. Look for it to be on Friday. And I appreciate your understanding. Also, so many of you have talked to me about what can you do to become more involved and how can we elevate the content and our our approach to recovery and wellness. Well, one of the things that we're doing is we have decided to use Patreon.com. Patreon.com is a way for you to become involved and support this podcast, the website, and the other things that we're looking to do as outreach. What I want you to do is go to patreon.com forward slash recovery guy and learn how you can support this broadcast this podcast, The Recovery Movement. We have a new Facebook page called Recovery Movement that I want you to become involved with. So I will also be uh, supplying a link to this um, uh, in the description of this podcast. So either click on that link and go to patreon.com forward slash recovery guy or just go there directly. Now, uh, without any further ado, this is a guy, you know, who we meet in the beginning sort of sets the table for who we possibly can become. And, and, and he's going to think I'm giving him way too much credit because that's just the way he is. But when I first got to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, I was as lost and as afraid as any one of us are when we know that if something doesn't change, we're going to die. And Steve was one of those people who took me aside, took me under his wing, along with Scott and, and Buddy and, and Eddie and Texas Mike. But Steve was integral. Steve was actually my first temporary sponsor that I went to, and I said, I need someone to help me, and I would like it to be you. And the greatest thing about knowing Steve is that Steve is still doing what Steve was doing when I got to the rooms over 33 years ago. So with no further ado, I'm going to introduce my friend Steve M. to you and let him share a little bit about himself, and then we'll talk about some aspects of recovery and the things that he has seen over the years. Hi, everybody. It's, uh, it, this, is, this is kind of sitting here, and my ego is kind of trying to go, well, now that I'm on, a lot of this is not true, but at the same time, yeah, it is. You know, it's... Um, my sobriety date, by the way, is September 28th, 1985. And um, when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous, it was, I was broken, spiritually, physically, and mentally. It talks about it in the doctor's opinion, it talks about it in Bill's story, and um, that was me. 
And um, my final day of drinking, I was sent my mom's home and uh, watching cartoons on a Saturday morning. And um, after a four-day run, I had finally committed to myself that I couldn't do it anymore by myself. I was totally beat up. And um, I said a little prayer, and I said, God, I need help. I can't, uh, can't do this anymore. And the uh, 90 seconds later, a commercial on TV came on, and uh, it was for a recovery hospital. So I called that number, and they said they didn't have a bed. And uh, they said, try this number. And uh, I tried that number, and I got into West Care, and my life changed. And I was three days sober, and I had the spiritual experience. And I want to tell you, my life changed. And I had a couple of guys that were counselors at, uh, at there that became instrumental in my life. And um, I could understand what they were saying and, and who. And through all that, I found out who I was. And uh, all the people that uh, Robert just um, mentioned, yeah, they were close friends. They were the guys that got me sober. And uh, they taught me what it meant to live in a society that uh, is AA, and uh, yeah, I learned a lot. You know, Steve, when, when, when you first came in, I know so many of us, we experience a sense of loneliness and despair. What was, what was your feeling or re, your response when you first started coming to AA after you got out of treatment? Did, did you notice anything different in terms of you know, the, the fellowship or the life you were living compared to what you saw coming through those doors? Well, I started to first, of, when I started to first come into the room, like all of a sudden it was like, these people are like me. You know, they, they understood me without me saying anything, you know, and I was accepted, something that I had never been before. And through that process, I learned that um, I never really had friends before. Everything, but everybody was just an acquaintance. And it was, what can I get you to do to uh, <laughs> get me where I wanted to go? And um, I learned that that's not a really, really very positive way to live. And uh, very negative and very hurtful. And I had destroyed my family. and. Today I got my kids back because of this program. I, my ex-wife and I, we get along, you know. She understands what was, what, what was happening to me now. And um, yeah, my life is good. And that's where I'm at today. When, when I first came in, and, and by the way, it's, I love to hear stories of restoration. You know, uh, I'm back in Las Vegas with Laura and we spent a couple great days with our two of our grandsons. and. And tonight we'll have dinner with um, uh, my daughter, Carol, who's one of the daughters I walked out on. Uh, the mother of, uh, of our two of our grandsons are, is one of the other daughters that I walked, on, walked out on. And, you know, to have that restored, you know, you remember, Steve, how you realized that we could have lost everything forever. And then there, there comes a point where we see things starting to be returned to us you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but they will always materialize if we work for them. 
When did you start realizing that your personal recovery was starting to to mend some old ways? You know, I never perceived it that way. I mean, I've heard other people talk about it that way, but I never perceived it that way. Um, I understand that perception, but I just found out that things were starting to happen for me differently. You know, um, life at work was becoming easier because I wasn't quite as competitive. Um, Because I I was a stagehand on the strip for 30 years, and uh, it's a very competitive atmosphere to live in. Hell, I used to go to work to get drunk. Um, there were full there were full bars on stages when I first got sober, and uh, I found it rather interesting that at the same time that I was getting sober, the society of stagehands was changing. The bars were slowly going away. The 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 way that um, things were happening on stages started to change a little bit because it wasn't just me changing; it was the whole atmosphere around the the. Work, the work situations was changing at the same time. Um, you know, it's, uh, my life got good real fast. Um, I started to communicate to my kids in a whole different way. And uh, my ex-wife, you know, she was hurt by all the stuff that I did. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's an amazing process, you know. And wham, you know, it's, it's just different today, you know. Then I have a great forgetter, you know. I've gone through all the all the steps so many times that I've had to forgive myself for so much stuff that I did, and coming to realize that you know it wasn't just me; it was this disease that I have. And um, then I read page sixty-two, which really started to bother me a little bit. You know, it told me that I was self-centered and. Uh, I wasn't a very nice guy, you know, and it's, um, what could I get me to, what could I get you to do to get me to where I wanted to go, you know, and that was my life before this, and then I got into these rooms, and they started to do things, so at that time, there was smoking in the rooms, and so, you know, go clean the ashtrays, you know, and and go do this, and go do that, and make coffee, and you know, and make sure that the new that somebody else who's a newcomer will talk to them. You know, get out of myself. You know, that's one of the things that I had to learn how to do. Because that's when I came into these rooms, man. I had no clue on how to do that. I had no clue. You know, you bring up a a, a great point in terms of service, and we're going to actually in a few minutes go right to service because you're still involved in service after going on 35 years. Um, Go with with the um, with the whole concept or, or aspect of um, serving and bringing people in. Um, you you understood that the sooner you could get someone involved uh, in the fellowship, um, the better off you and they were going to be. And I think I, I think we're even as it says in the big book. And as you were sharing, I was thinking it, it's a two way street where it says, and at last, acceptance seemed to be the answer to all my problems. And you know what I was thinking? That not only is it that I'm accepting something, but the miracle when you realize someone else is accepting you. 
And and I and I've said it before, Steve, and I'll continue to say it. When I first heard the preamble of Alcoholics Anonymous, and it said that Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share. I've told people I might have stayed if that was the only thing I ever heard because I was so lonely and I was so despairing, even though I was around whatever family members that were left, I was just fellowship starved. And that was very painful for me. And so even coming in and knowing you could clean the ashtrays or make coffee, that was a pretty good feeling that someone wanted you, wasn't it? Yes, it was the whole idea of it. And I still, you know, we still use that today. You know, we've got, uh, I got guys that come around the club and um, they're all just off the streets and stuff and they're pretty well beat up. I give them things to do around here to, uh, to help them get some kind of contact with other people. You know, and I find that was a big key was talking to other people about what's going on in your life. At first it's difficult to do that. It's, you know, it's kind of strange, you know, then all of a sudden, the first time you do it, it's kind of, it's kind of a spiritual experience, you know, and uh, it's a, it get, to get one out of oneself, man, is the key to this whole thing. Yeah. It's, because when we came, when, when any drunk comes in here, man, it's all me, me, I, I. You know, and then all of a sudden you get into a place and all of a sudden you see people caring about other people and trying to help other people out and do this and do that. And, you know, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing to see when, it, when, when I, you know, for me, when I sat down and I wrote out what I wanted my God to, uh, to be because I was having a problem with finding this higher power and... Tom sat down, who was my sponsor, and he said, okay, Steve, so here's a piece of paper, and here's a pen, and I want you to, to write out what you want your God to be. And the last thing I wrote down was, I want to see God work. And today I get to see God work. <laughs> it's an amazing thing, man, because I get to sit back and watch and not force myself on any situation and just watch God work. Because <laughs> I get to see people come out of the gutter and... Uh, First thing you know, man, they got a place to stay. You know, the next thing they get a job. The next thing that they do is they, you know, get a car. And the next thing you know, they're doing other things in their life. And I keep telling the guys, this is watch out, man. Glad maybe one of the things you don't want to do is get a woman in your life and the next, you know, give yourself a little time. That doesn't always work out, but you know. <laughs> it's, you know. Discovering myself was a, was a big trip because I was one of those guys that didn't listen to my sponsor, and I, you know, it caused me a caused me a problem for a few years. And so, you know, I'm not talking about days, months, or weeks. I'm talking about years. And so, I finally got that figured out. And, uh, <laughs> my life's good today. And um, you know, uh, you. You bring up something great, and and um, I didn't preface it, uh, but we are having this conversation from an Alano Club uh, in Las Vegas over on 4600 South. It's called the Triangle Club, and if you're not very familiar with an Alano Club, it's essentially a a fellowship hall that has AA meetings and and other types of meetings in it, just to have a gathering place for people. And <clears throat> and when I met Steve back in 1986, we were it was a club called The Turning Point that, uh, sadly enough, is no longer in existence. And every now and then I drive by there just to just to have a, a physical memory of, of how life-changing it was for me and the importance of, of uh, 
of having a fellowship and having a place to go. And, and Steve even mentioned about people coming in and all of a sudden they've got a place to sleep. Well, um, Slow Will, who's my sponsor now since Jack passed away, as so many of you know, uh, Will and Steve are also very good friends. And, and I don't know if you remember, Steve, but um, Will and Trish gave me a couch to sleep on. Yeah. Because I didn't but, have. Now we're gonna, now we're gonna, <laughs> this is going to come back. So it's been yeah, a long time. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but that's what people do in environments like this. They they see a need a person has, and if they're able to fill that need, uh, then to the best of their ability, uh, they do that. And and uh, when when other people stop wanting us to get around, and you know when we talk about that, even coming back, and and you'll share the thoughts with me on this. Um, you know, at the end of meetings where it'll often be said, keep coming back at works, um, I was really afraid that if you knew everything about me, and this really worked in my mind, I was pretty twisted, um, but I see, 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 see Steve nodding his head, so he probably knows where I'm going with this. <laughs> yes, I, know what you mean. I thought if you knew everything about me, that I would be the first person in the history of Alcoholics Anonymous that you would ask not to come back. And that was, I laugh at it now, but Steve, that was real for me. That's absolutely real for all of us. Yeah. You're, not, you're, not, you're not alone in that one. Yeah. And so how do you, as someone who's still tied into recovery on a daily basis, working here uh, with the club and seeing people come and go and trying to institute that, that, that fabric of fellow, fellowship and letting everyone know that it doesn't matter, you're welcome regardless. Yeah, it's 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 my attitude, and um, being in the position that I have, I have to watch my attitude because I am an alcoholic, and there are days <laughs> when I, you know I go out there in La La Land, and so I have to I have to mentally watch how I react with people that are that are actually working for me. Um, you know, it's I'm part of a board, and I'm responsible to that board. But at the same time, the board seemed, for some real unknown reason, they trust this alcoholic. I can't tell you what all that's about, but I make decisions on a daily basis, and I, and I make sure that you know people know you know where I'm coming from. You know, but I try to do it in a very pleasant and very, you know, try to break down their walls. You know, I'll talk to the people that work for me about their per, you know, their personal situations because I'm beyond the point of of being afraid to ask somebody something. Because I am responsible today for, for, for my actions. And so, you know, it's, uh, I stick my nose sometimes where I think people don't think it belongs. But at the same time, I usually, usually just wait and things just seem to work out. <laughs> yes, Steve was right. <laughs> you know, and so it's just that I have a higher power in my life and I try to leave control to him. But part of that, by leaving that control to him, that tells me that I have to participate in some manner in this thing I call sobriety. And, you know, my life has really, really changed a lot because I just retired. And so I have a lot of free time. And that's why everybody keeps dumping all this stuff on me. <laughs> oh, Steve will do it. Yeah, Steve will do it. So. And, and, I, just, and I love people's personalities, man. I got, I, it's how I react to their personalities, man. It's, it works. It seems just to work out. You know, when um, when I met Jack back in 86, and he was the manager of The Turning Point, and, and then subsequently went to um, 
uh, work and manage intergroup or central office yes. of AA in oh, Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, 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 and when Jack died in, in January, Steve, I, I sat in his hospital room and I, and three, three days later he would pass away and I was able to sit with him for a few days and hold his hand and talk to him. And at that point we, um, we knew that it was just time, not if, um, the diagnosis, everything, all the testing that came back, there was just, um, the cancer was so accelerated. So I was very grateful that uh, our friend Richard, uh, Hansine had uh, called me and said, come on down. This is, this is the end. So I did, and as I was leaving, and I want to talk to you about this, Stephen, and get your um, opinion on this and to the depths if you want to take it, I, I looked at Jack, and uh, it was a very sad moment because I knew this was it for him and me. And I said, Jack, if I'm going to carry your message, I need you to tell me what to tell them. And, and he looked at me, and he said, Bob, Tell them it works. And you know, Jack, it was keep it simple, sweetheart. It was the KISS system. You know, there are no big deals. Jack was smoothing. But that, that was essentially the last message he gave me, Steve, as my sponsor of over, at that time, uh, 32 years. It works. Why does it work, Steve? You want to know my opinion it works? is because I allow it to work. If you want to get on a personal level, I allow it to work. You know, it's, it's, it's like me, and the last thing that I wrote down was I want to see God work in my life, and I want to see God work. And that, that's exactly what he was telling me. Yeah. Um, it works because we allow it to work. So how do you, as someone who's so involved in recovery day in and day out, not only on a personal level, but in the opportunity of touching lights. In example, could you just give a little guess of how many people you come across in the course of your week, just in your role here at the Triangle Club? How many people do I come in contact yeah, with? Yeah, how many people do you think that you have an opportunity on any level at all to really interact with and and to help share that message or confirm that message or or give them that message, because sometimes for the first time. I actually, I've actually thought about this. It's about 200. Wow, on a weekly basis. On a weekly basis, because I go to a lot of meetings here. Yeah. Because in, in my position, I have to be seen. Sure. And so people can trust that the place is running okay. Yeah. You know, and... Also, I get to, I, I get a, a, a sense of what the community wants, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, we've had some problems with um, people around here, uh, just off the street, that have no, they're, they're not alcoholics, they're just homeless, and they've taken advantage of the people here in these rooms, and they've asked, they've asked me to take care of that. And we've done, a, we've cleaned up the, we've cleaned up our, our neighborhood here. Um, with the help of the police department because they, they've seen that what's going on, you know, and uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I see about 200 people a week around here that I get to participate with and it's, it's an amazing thing. That's what I said. I get to see God work. Yeah. Does it get, the times that it gets challenging when you see a person 
right at that edge where they could go either way and they go the other way. Um, what, how, how do you recover from that? What do you do? Um, because that's got to take its toll on you as well. Okay, well, Tom taught me something very, very important in my first year of sobriety because we saw a couple of people die. And he said to me that nobody comes into this world or out of this world without God's permission. Okay. And with that statement, meaning that uh, I have no control over that situation, mm. and also that if I'm participating in my recovery and I'm participating in in recovery as a as a whole of the community that's around this club, you know, it's how I re, how I respond to those kind of things. And I, you know, I try to respond as a as a caring, loving guy, and saying, you know, it's just this friggin' disease that we have, yeah. you know, and um, yeah, it's, I have no power and no control over any of that. And so getting angry about that, that to me is, because I, I have a sponsor that keeps telling me all anger is based in a fear. What are you afraid of? Yeah. I mean, you know, so if I can identify that I'm afraid of death and then realize that oh, that's just part of life, you know, that's going to be the end of the end of the trail. You know, the journey is, that's the only end there is. But I try to get there on a spiritual, happy, joyous, free life, you know. It's like, it may be heartless. You know, I had some old timers tell me, you know, you got to get, sometimes you just got to wear a thick skin. You just have to put it on and realize that this is a disease that, that, that we have and it can, it can attack you. You know, with, um, along with, because it does, and I think even in chapter five, you know, because we, under, we, we see how true that is um, in, in chapter five where it says, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. How, to this day, going on the length of sobriety that you have, that we have, I mean, we're together, we're, we're almost 70 years. And I still work a program of recovery. You still do. Why do you still do that? Because some people, Steve, would say, well, you must be fine now. You can just go do whatever you want. It's a very simple answer. I remember my last drunk. <laughs> very simple. I remember myself sitting in my mom's mobile home and watching cartoons on a Saturday morning and feel like shit. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Sorry for the language, but yeah, <laughs> that's how, you know, that's how I know that I can, I don't want to ever feel that way yeah. again. And so with that commitment, how do you try to instill that in the people and help them understand I don't how to, vital that, that is? That's the one thing that I don't try to do. I don't try, I don't try to help them understand. Mm -hmm. I want them to find that themselves. Now, they can ask me and I can answer questions mm -hmm. and do that kind of thing, but I don't think of it that way. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I don't think of it as that I'm, I'm, I've got this almighty voice and I can give mm -hmm. you the, all the answers and all this kind of stuff. No, I just give you my experience, strength, and hope. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I deal with all kinds of things that goes on. You know, I got people that are afraid of their job, if they're doing a good enough job and all this, I just crack out, man. <laughs> Everything's great, man. This is, what, this is what you're doing to yourself. Yeah. 
I try to instill them that they are creating their own reality. Mm -hmm. They are creating their own feelings. Nobody yeah. else is doing this but, yeah. but yourself. That's how I try to deal with that concept that you're talking about. You know, finally, as, as, we, as we close down this, this episode, um, you've made a decision to become even more involved in service. Um, how important do you think it is to, to find a place that fits for you to make a difference somewhere else? And, and, and if you were to encourage anyone listening to this podcast on not only just staying involved for themselves, but to stay involved for others and how it affects you as a person. Because I tell people all the time, if you show me a person who has a problem with, with getting I'll show you a person who has a problem with giving because I believe that in, in, in giving, we are receiving. Yeah. That, that, what you're talking about for me is the triangle. Okay. Go ahead. Service, unity, and recovery. You have to do the, all three angles of the triangle. You have and, to learn how to do that and apply that into your life. Well, not only apply it, how, how is that? Okay. So you've applied that into your life. Has that evolved over time for of you? It, of course it has. Yeah. I, mean, and just, I think that's just normal. If you mm -hmm. stick around here long enough and you're really in, in part of the process and you get into service, you get into understanding what unity means and you get into understand what, what recovery means, then all of those things together move you to where you're supposed to be. So three messages, just short. What message would you have for someone listening to the podcast who's new to whatever recovery, because more than just alcoholics or drug addicts listen to this podcast, but someone who's, who's new to deciding that life has to be different, and then a person who is a, is a little bit down the road and wondering what else they need to do, and then maybe a message for a person who's been around for a while and why it's important that they stay active. Oh, that was good. I had it in my head when you were asking it. And I just now forgot it. I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> up there, man. Give me a break. No, but at the word, but, but the deal of it is, it's action. You have to keep it to action. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, no matter what part of the triangle that you're trying to... So if you're doing service, get into action. If you're in the unity, that means that you're part of the community, and that means you have to take action within that community. And recovery means you got to sit down across the table from somebody else who seems to be working this program in their, and applying this program in their life, and that's the action. It's all action. It's none of you can't just sit back and say, oh, somebody else is going to do it, because guess what? There ain't nobody else. It's yeah. <laughs> You know, I like that because it's not by accident that right after how it works, chapter six is into action. Absolutely. And, and, you know, <laughs> you're telling me what to do. Now you're telling me to go do it. Do it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that really is the cornerstone to is, is doing and being active and involved in your own personal recovery and, and hopes that that's a reflection for yeah. someone else. I keep on saying it at the meetings and stuff. I says, you know, I am responsible for my recovery. Yeah. And I am responsible for everything in my life. I'm responsible for the way that I feel. I'm responsible for the actions that I take out of those feelings. But it all comes down to 
the spiritual aspects of this program. I have to turn my will and my life over to a higher power. And it's all of this stuff. It just keeps going on and on and on and on and on. Because the deal of it is it's the journey, it's not the destination. Because we all know where we're going to end up eventually, but it's getting there. And how yeah. I get there and how I yeah. can... How I can joyously live in my life today. Yeah. My, you know, my life's good, man. I have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, folks, I know, I know that he does because uh, if he didn't, he wouldn't say it. Um, so, Steve, it's really been a pleasure uh, sitting with you tonight and, uh, and going through some of these things. Um, folks, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, Steve is just one of those places people who has a place in my heart that will live forever because of um, how instrumental he was in being my friend when I didn't think I would ever have a friend. And so for that, I'm very grateful and the time that we've had together. Um, so folks, thank you so much for joining the Recovery Guy podcast. And once again, uh, look for patreon.com forward slash recovery guy link in the description or go right to patreon.com. Once again, we are moving the checkup this week to Friday, and we certainly hope to hear you there. Continue to subscribe, continue to comment, continue to share. I've said it once and I'll say it again. We might have gotten sick apart, but we get well together. So thank you for joining us. My name is Robert, and I am the Recovery Guy. I was trying to do everything.